Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Power with Dr. Jannie Chang, the podcast that helps women from all walks of life use thought work, research, and storytelling to help rewire your brain and kick ass in your personal and professional life. Y'all, friends, listeners, thank you for following me all this time. I hope you're having a good and restful break. Um, I wanted to just share something ridiculous with you. (laughs) I am laughing, but actually, um, so I have noticed that my recordings sound faint. And so I was testing it out today. I actually do have a uh, USB microphone that I attached to my laptops. And um, I was wondering what was going on. And so I was testing it, testing it. And I was like, why does it sound the same as when I unplug it and just record myself through my Mac? And I realized I had actually not been activating my USB microphone. (laughs) So the whole time I've been just, you know, a lot of these episodes, maybe not the first few ones, but I have been speaking through my Mac, which is not a bad thing, but I noticed in the last few episodes there was a bit of echo. So that is all to say it kind of goes back to what I've been reiterating. If you follow me on Instagram or on Facebook, um, which is to love ourselves and be compassionate. And what a great way to start the new year in that way, even when we make mistakes, right? Like what I just told you, you know, when we fail or make mistakes or we don't uh, get the outcome we want, because that's when I think a lot of people crumble right? It's like, it all seems fine to love ourselves when things are going well, but what if when things aren't going well, right? Or what if we make mistakes? What if we do something that we're like, ah, duh, like that's how I felt, right? (laughs) But I reminded myself, it's a thought, right? It's a thought that I was having that, oh, I should have known better. Oh my gosh, how ridiculous, Janny, right? What a dumb, dumb, um, And then I just immediately just let those thoughts go through. And I was like, okay, well, that's just a thought. And I could immediately just become very aware of how I was feeling, which is like starting to feel that shame surface, right? And then I can tell that I was starting to beat myself up. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just switch gears. And it's not so much just like trying to change my thoughts right away, but just letting it pass through me, letting that feeling of bubbling shame also just go through my body. Like it literally went down through, you know, when, where my belly feels achy and just gross and nauseous and, and it just kind of passed through all the way down to my legs. And so now I'm like, yeah, you know, that happens. You know, this is my B minus work, which is what I've talked about, uh, going through the life coach school and being certified. Uh, Brooke Castillo talks about this all the time is producing B minus or even lower, you know, C minus work just because you don't know um, until you actually start doing it, right? Like improving actually comes with quantity, right? And actually improving the quality comes with increased quantity. So how do you know until you actually put yourself out there and start trying it, right? So that's what I've done for my podcast. And, you know, mistakes or not, I'm going to love myself. I'm going to love on myself and be compassionate with myself. I'm also going to just let myself feel bad too, and just let it all just run through my body. I can take these emotions, which are just vibrations in my body. So my lovely listeners, this is the last episode um, 
podcast podcast episode of the year. Thank you. If you've stuck with me, thank you so much. Um, and if you're following me, I and if you've reached out to me, I love hearing from you. I just wanted to make this episode for the last of 2021 to be a love letter, a love letter for you all. And by that, I mean, it's, it's, um, I'm going to be reading some, um, excerpts from two of my favorite writers, um, Bell Hooks and Mary Oliver. And it just seems so fitting this year. I know it's been challenging for so many people. And even up until this end, right, I think the holiday season brings up a lot of anxiety and stress, which is what I've been talking about the last few episodes. Um, but, but how about just ending with a great note and a note that's calm and also confident and compassionate and full of love for ourselves and looking towards the future, but also celebrating where we are right now where we are right now and how great it is to do that with two amazing phenomenal women mary oliver and bell hooks so i'm gonna start and it's gonna be short and it's just my love letter to you all a thank you and also just to recognize i hope you do recognize how amazing and worthy and incredible you are and it's not because anything that you do it's not because of your business or your job or being a parent, or any of the roles you take on, right? As women, we have so many roles, right? We definitely burden ourselves a lot. It's not because of that. It's just you are worthy and amazing and beautiful and remarkable and resilient, full stop, period. That's it. That's it. Okay? It has nothing to do with the outcome or any of the roles that you take on, okay? Um, and if you need a reminder... If you need a reminder and there's anything you want to talk about and work on or just to really just chat or just you want to just remind yourself about how amazing you are because that's the greatest starting point to make any change in your life, uh, please DM me, you know, and um, I have some open spots right now for one-one coaching and um, I'm also taking on uh, some clients um, in group coaching very soon. Uh, but just DM me. I mean, I can work things out. I can be flexible. Um, but I would love to hear from you. You just need that reminder. You know, every once in a while, um, let me know. DM me. and uh, Or message, email me at jannychang1 at gmail.com. All right, so let me start with Don't Hesitate by Mary Oliver. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give into it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind, and much can never be redeemed. Still, life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back, that sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything, but very likely you notice it in an instant when love begins anyway that's often the case anyway whatever it is don't be afraid of its plenty joy is not made to be a crumb ah okay next next one by mary oliver 
six recognitions of the Lord. And this is for my, my listeners, whether you believe in God or not, or a goddess or the universe or nature, some omniscient higher power. And I know I do, right? Lord God, mercy is in your hands. Pour me a little and tenderness too. My need is great. Beauty walks so freely and with such gentleness. Impatience puts a halter on my face and I run away over the green fields wanting your voice, your tenderness, but having to do with only the sweet grasses of the fields against my body. When I first found you, I was filled with light. Now the darkness grows and it is filled with crooked things, bitter and weak, each one bearing my name. Okay. Um, Next, the old poets of China. This is a very brief one. I love this. Uh, My ancestors are from China. um, And I enjoy this short poem. The Old Poets of China by Mary Oliver. Wherever I am, the world comes after me. It offers me its busyness. It does not believe that I do not want it. Now I understand why the old poets of China went so far and high into the mountains, then crept into the pale mist. All right. Now this is one of my all-time favorite poems by Mary Oliver. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. That's just so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to read now from All About Love by Bell Hooks. To know love, we must surrender our attachment to sexist thinking in whatever form it takes in our lives. That attachment attachment will always return us to gender conflict, a way of thinking about sex roles that diminishes females and males. To practice the art of loving, we have first to choose love, admit to ourselves that we want to know love and be loving even if we do not know what that means. The deeply cynical who have lost all belief in love's power have to step blindly out on faith. In The Path to Love, Deepak Chopra urges us to remember that everything love is meant to do is possible. The aching need created by lack of love can only be filled by learning anew to love and be loved. We all must discover for ourselves that love is a force as real as gravity and that being upheld in love every day, every hour, every minute is not a fantasy. It is indeed intended as our natural state. More often than not, females are taught in childhood, either by parental caregivers or the mass media, how to give the basic care that is the practice of love. 
We are shown how to be empathic, how to nurture, and most important, how to listen. Usually we are not socialized in these practices so that we can be loving or share knowledge of love with men, but rather so that we can be maternal in relation to children. Indeed, most adult females readily abandon their basic understanding of the ways one shows care and respect, important ingredients of love, to re-socialize themselves so that they can unite with patriarchal partners, male or female, who know nothing about love or the basic rudiments of caregiving. Okay, few parental caregivers teach their children to lie. Choosing to be honest is the first step in the process of love. There's no practitioner of love who deceives. Once the choice has been made to be honest, then the next step on love's path is communication. Writing about the importance of listening in the healing of America, Marianne Williamson calls attention to philosopher Paul Tillich's insistence that the first responsibility of love is to listen. We cannot learn to communicate deeply until we learn to listen to each other, but also to ourselves and to God. Devotional silence is a powerful tool for the healing of a heart or the healing of a nation. From there, we move up to the next rung on the ladder of healing. Our capacity to do so, communicate our capacity to so communicate our authentic truth as to heal and be healed by its power. Listening does not simply mean we hear other voices when they speak, but that we also learn to listen to the voice of our own hearts as well as inner voices. Right, uh, let me go ahead and keep going to the next section. True love accepts the person who now is without qualifications, but with a sincere and unwavering commitment to help him to achieve his goals of self-unfoldment, which we may see better than he does. That's from a quote. Most of the time, we think that love means just accepting the other person as they are. Who among us has not learned the hard way that we cannot change someone, mold them, and make them into the ideal beloved we might want them to be? Yet, when we commit to true love, we are committed to being changed, to being acted upon by the beloved in a way that enables us to be more fully self-actualized. This commitment to change is chosen. It happens by mutual agreement. Again and again in conversations, the most common vision of true love I've heard shared was one that declared to be unconditional. True love is unconditional, but to truly flourish, it requires an ongoing commitment to constructive struggle and change. The heartbeat of true love is the willingness to reflect on one's actions and to process and communicate this reflection with the loved one. As Wellwood puts it, two beings who have a soul connection want to engage in a full, free-ranging dialogue and commune with each other as deeply as possible. Honesty and openness is always the foundation of insightful dialogue. As long as we are afraid to risk, we cannot know love. Hence the truism, love is letting go of fear. Our hearts connect with lots of folks in a lifetime, but most of us will go to our graves with no experience of true love. This is in no way tragic, as most of us run the other way when true love comes near. Since true love sheds light on those aspects of ourselves, we may wish to deny or hide, enabling us to see ourselves clearly and without shame. It is not surprising that so many individuals who say they want to know love turn away when such love beckons. True love appears when our hearts are ready. To be here now does not mean that we do not make plans. 
that we learn to give the making of future plans only a small amount of energy. And once future plans are made, we release our attachment to them. Sometimes it helps to write down our plans for the future and put them away, out of sight and out of mind. Accepting death with love means we embrace the reality of the unexpected, of experiences over which we have no control. Love empowers us to surrender. We do not need to have endless anxiety and worry about whether we will fulfill our goals or plans. Death is always there to remind us that our plans are transitory. By learning to love, we learn to accept change. Without change, we cannot grow. Our will to grow in spirit and truth is how we stand before life and death, ready to choose life. Okay, I am almost wrapping up, my friends. Thank you for staying with me here. I am reading um, Kate Bowler's book right now, No Cure for Being Human. And I just wanted to share this one section from the book that really spoke to me. And... Uh, It's also a way to frame what's happened in 2021 and as we go into the new year and as we think about how we accept ourselves in the world as it is while at the same time trying to make things better, right? And recognizing that we do have the power to do so, uh, starting with our own thoughts and then in our actions in the world, right? Okay, so I'm going to start reading what she says. In this chapter, this is like the last chapter. Um, and she'd been diagnosed with cancer already. A few years ago, in between scans, Kate says, um, I decided to make the pilgrimage with my family to see one of the seven natural wonders of the world, the Grand Canyon. A worthy bucket list item, just off Route 66, I found a tiny chapel surrounded by ponderosa pine no towns for miles curious i tried the door and finding it unlocked tentatively walked inside the room was a miniature sanctuary unheated and inelegant the floor was loose gravel and someone had nailed together some benches to face a chunk of stone serving as an altar but the light of the setting sun an incandescent orange poured through the windows and lit up the walls which were covered with graffiti both fresh and faded I ran my fingers along the black ink, covering the altar and the pen marks, gouging the soft wooden walls. Almost every inch of it was covered with words. I miss you every day. Please let my daughter be the way she was before. Did you make it to heaven, my love? Helen, I am weak, but you already knew that. I looked up. Hundreds of slips of papers were stuffed into the rafters and seams in the wall. All the people who have fallen into the cracks in the universe undone by the smallest tragedies. We try to outsmart our limitations and our bad, bad luck. But here we are shouting the truth into the abyss. There is no cure for being human. Someone had built a monument to the void and it was full to the brim. I heard the door creak open behind me, and Tobin's face peeked through. Hello, he called out tentatively. Oh, hello, I said, popping my head above a pew. I was lying my back along one of the benches, looking up at the messages crawled, scrawled onto the ceiling. Tobin sat down beside me and placed a gentle hand on my head. He tipped his head up, taking in the ceiling, neither of us speaking. I used to think we were the only ones. Me too, I agree. We all live like this, without assurances, without formulas, desperate for the secret to carrying on. Do you think anyone would mind if I added a little something, I asked quickly. 
Tobin raised an eyebrow and gestured to the chaotic scrawl around us. A moment of privacy then, sir, I answered with a smile, tearing a strip out of my notebook and taking out a pen. I wrote down a phrase, got up on the bench, and stuffed the slip of paper in the wall as high as I could reach. What did you decide, he wondered when we climbed back into the truck. It was something Mr. Booth used to say, I replied. I love thinking about him at the chalkboard, goading us into advanced math problems as he publicly suffered from the disease infecting all good teachers. Too much faith in humanity. Dom Spiro Sparrow, he would say, shaking his head. While I breathe, I hope. All right, my lovely friends, have a wonderful New Year's Eve and New Year's. And I wish you all the best coming in 2022 and especially, especially brimming buckets and abundance and a generous, huge outpouring and inpouring to yourself of love and compassion that's enough to last you a lifetime. Love to you all. Mwah.